0: Welcome to The Whole Assistant Podcast. I'm your host, Annie Kroner. I'm a former assistant who's passionate about our profession, and I'm also a certified coach who's invested in your success. You've come to the right place if you want to know what it looks like to stand in your power and achieve success as an assistant free from overwhelm and burnout. Now, on to today's episode. Hello! So, on this podcast episode, we're going to do something really fun and challenging. <laughs> we're going to talk about why self-care sucks. So I think that when most people think of self-care, they think of going to the spa or, you know, bubble baths or getting your nails done. But actual self-care, the self-care that really matters, blows sometimes. It's not easy. And so we're going to talk about that today because This is a month of love, we're now in February, so if you're listening to this podcast as it comes out, we're in February, and I realize that it is a card company holiday and that is, you know, a lot of people don't like Valentine's Day, but I like to take Valentine's Day and reflect on your own self-love and your investment in yourself and how we're taking care of ourselves and showing up for ourselves. So for the sake of this podcast episode, I'm going to define self-care as simply taking care of yourself. And for a lot of us, this is a challenge because not only do we go to the office all day and take care of our executive all day, a lot of us come home and we have to take care of our children and we have a partner to care for. And we've got parents who are aging and you may have circumstances where you have another loved one that you're looking after or taking care of as well. So it can be really, really easy for self-care to land on the back burner especially when that self-care is not so much fun, right? Like who wants to go to the dentist when you can just distract yourself with taking care of everyone else? (laughs) I know the dentist is not my favorite thing to do either. And so that's an act of self-care, taking yourself to the dentist. So there are four types of self-care we're going to delve into today. The first one is our physical bodies. So what we put in our mouth in terms of food, how we eat, how we exercise, how we view all of it, and then keeping up with the health-related appointments like going to the doctor, there again, the dentist, the dermatologist. For me, I have interventional radiology appointments I have to go to every now and then because I'm a stroke survivor. So all of those are key components to my self-care, and they're not always easy, especially things like diet. So here's the reality. A lot of us have different beliefs and growing up around what we should be putting in our bodies, a lot of us have this interesting relationship with food. (laughs) And so really managing your mind around what you put in your body can feel not good, right? It can feel not good to feel like You don't like what you see when you look in the mirror. It can feel not good to have this relationship with food that is less than ideal. Because a lot of us are living in perfectionist fantasy land. So actually taking the time to plan out what we're going to eat in advance using our prefrontal cortex and not our mammalian like instant gratification brain can be a challenge. And a lot of us don't want to do it because we don't want to sit in that discomfort of the pull to eat something that we know we shouldn't be eating or that desire to put whatever in your mouth, I believe that food is not right or wrong. Like whatever you want to put in your body, is not right or wrong, morally speaking. But a lot of us have these moral kind of connotations or beliefs around what we put in our body. And a lot of us have been in diet culture for a long time and beat ourselves up over our weight or whatever. So it's just a complicated relationship with food. so kind of parsing those things out and taking care of yourself and what does it look like to take care of yourself and your mental self and your physical self when it comes to what you eat right that's could be a real challenge for a lot of us and the answer is going to look different for everyone so you know if you have this relationship with food that is complicated then of course that's going to look different than someone else who you know doesn't really have that relationship with food (laughs) so what you put in your body Of course, this is why talking about real self care sucks because there's such a complication around it. And I think that breaking down how you want to treat yourself when it comes to your food and how you want to treat yourself when it comes to your diet can be real challenges. And another way, another like the way that we take care of our physical body is with exercise. So I've really been working on getting back into a gym routine and going to the gym there for a couple of years. I was really big into yoga and going to yoga classes was my jam, but I'm just done with working out on someone else's schedule. I just want to go to the gym. I want to hop on a machine or two. I want to lift some weights and then I want to (laughs) leave. So... For me, getting my butt to the gym has been a challenge, especially what's really fascinating too over this last year, I'm at my one year anniversary of running whole assistant full time. And so I'm a homebody now, whereas before I was out like in the world. And sure, I would drive to the office and sit there, but it felt different. And I'd walk around a lot more and i talk with colleagues a lot more than I do in my current work environment and workspace. So actually getting out to exercise is a real big way that I take care of myself and actually carving out that time for myself to exercise. And so I'm an early morning person. I like to get up early. I like to go to the gym. And I got to tell you that it's not always easy to get up and go to the gym. In my mind, like taking care of your physical body adds longevity to your life. <laughs> and so I do wanna mind what I'm putting in my body. Now, that's not to say that I do not intentionally want to eat the things that I wanna eat. Like I have on my, I've got, I've spoken about this in a previous podcast episode about taking exquisite care of yourself. And as a part of my plan, eating chocolate especially dark chocolate is a part of taking exquisite care of myself and baking once or twice a month with my oldest son and like eating what we bake together and all of that. That is a part of my self-care, but I'm making those choices intentionally, right? Like I've decided on purpose what taking exquisite care of myself looks like for me. So you get to decide what taking exquisite care of yourself looks like for you in terms of your diet, in terms of your exercise. Maybe it looks more like rest, more rest. Maybe it looks like more meals out as opposed to like eating or preparing your meals at home. I don't know what exquisite care looks like for you, but you get to decide. And that's a beautiful thing about self-care is that it can be so unique to the individual. And then also another kind of like interesting shadow side to self-care is keeping up with, like, health-related appointments. I went to the dermatologist several months ago after I turned 40, and he lobbed something off of my nose, and, like, I spoke about it on a previous podcast episode, but that's actual self-care. Like, doing the things that you don't want to do, going to the dentist... I know a couple of my clients have real fear at going to the dentist. They don't want to go to the dentist. So we did some coaching around getting in a good frame of mind before before going to the dentist and allowing yourself that discomfort of making the appointment and that discomfort of actually showing up for yourself in those meetings and for those appointments. And I realized that for a lot of us, we just would rather take care of everyone else rather than actually look at, Those physical things that we can do to take better care of ourselves. So that's the first type of self-care I wanted to delve into today is a physical. The second type of self-care I want to look into is a psychological and emotional. So I'm a big fan of integrating self-care into your work life as well. And one way that we can do this is by actually using your voice so many of us discount and discredit our voice and we say that like either the meeting isn't for us or we should be happy with whatever or we just don't want to like upset the apple cart we also don't want to look stupid right but actually getting what you need at the office is a form of self-care getting the answers you need at work is a form of self-care and Building systems is also a form of self-care. It creates predictability for your brain. It's showing up in a way that says that you have been mindful about the choices you're making and, and the systems you're building. And it's a way to organize yourself that will serve you and it'll serve your psychological well-being and it'll also serve your emotional well-being. Also, setting those parameters around your time, energy and personhood, setting those boundaries for yourself and being really intentional and actually sitting down and like brainstorming what you want those boundaries to be and what you want those parameters to be will go a long way in your psychological and emotional health and taking better care of yourself in those ways. What ends up happening more often than not is we feel pushed around by our circumstances. We feel pushed around by our boss. We feel pushed around by our job. We feel pushed around by our partner. We feel pushed around by our kids. We feel pushed around by obligation. And then that leads to feeling resentful. When I feel resentment, that's always a red flag for me. I'm like, okay, what have I not said that needs to be said? What am I doing that feels out of alignment with me in this moment? And how can I utilize my voice in order to bring myself into better alignment with my core, with who I am at my core? And how can I take care of myself in that way? And we don't often view self-care in this way, like the psychological, emotional portion. And so this part is a first piece to go normally, because we just so want to make everyone else around us happy. But we're often making them happy to our own detriment. So, actually, taking the time to sit down and ask yourself, what can I do to really bolster my emotional health? What can I really do to bolster my psychological health? And then utilizing your voice, creating those systems that will support that well being. Okay. And then another kind of note for the emotional piece, I kind of I've kind of lumped the psychological and emotional together, but another note for the emotional piece is giving yourself the time and space to process. We often want to move past the tricky emotions or the challenging emotions fast. We just want to move on from it. And believe me, when I tell you, my best friend Val and my family will tell you that I am the first to want to make peace and move on. I just, I I don't like sitting in uncomfortable emotion, but if you actually give yourself the time and space to process, to experience the vibration in your body, to process through that vibration, it can go a long way in better self-care because you're going to walk away on the other side of that with clarity. You're going to walk away on the other side of that feeling better about your situation. You're going to walk away on the other side of that having made decisions from a cleaner place and not from an emotional, an emotionally charged place. So actually allowing yourself the time and space to process emotionally is another form of self care. And then last but not least, the fourth form of self care we're going to discuss today is spiritual self care. So taking the time and space to spend time in prayer, if you believe in God and want to pray. (laughs) Spending time in prayer is a great way to actually connect with yourself, connect with God. Meditation is also really helpful regardless of your religion. And studies have shown that meditation can reduce stress and anxiety and can actually help you show up with a clearer head. I'm also love yoga too, because it's just so great. You can like, bring your body into the meditation with you on in a way. And I'm not saying that in a woo way, but there's something really great about slowing down and spending some time stretching and getting in touch with your muscles and your body in a really calm environment that can be really powerful spiritually, even. And so, those are some things that we can all do to bolster our, our self care. And yet, we often don't. So, now I'm going to talk about a bit about. Why self-care is so hard and why it kind of sucks sometimes. <laughs> I touched on this previous in like earlier, but one of the reasons why it's so hard for us to take good care of ourselves are all the external demands. We tend to prioritize everything that is not us first. And then we have nothing left at the end of the day. So we don't say no to make room for yes to ourselves. And I'm gonna delve into this in a, a bit more in an upcoming episode this month, but we actually need to work on and learn how to say no in order to make room for yes. And saying no can be really, really challenging. And it's one of the reasons why self-care sucks so much because in order to actually make room for self-care, we have to say no to others. We have to say no sometimes. We have to use our voice to stand up for ourselves and that can be awfully unsettling, especially if you're used to being everyone's yes person. Another reason why self-care can stink sometimes, is because of internal resistance. So many of us know what we need to do, but we're so uncomfortable doing it that we quit before we even start. We fail in advance because we're so afraid of the discomfort that we're going to feel, the potential for discomfort that we're going to feel as we take the step we need to take, that we don't actually create the plan. We actually don't create the eating plan or the exercise plan, or we don't make the doctor's appointments, or we don't actually have that challenging conversation with our executive, or we don't actually create the space for meditation because to be alone with ourselves can be so challenging. So the internal resistance is a piece that we can all delve into. It's why it's so hard to take care of ourselves. It's why taking care of ourselves sucks so much. More than anything, it's because the internal resistance, and then we use the external demands to validate our reasons why we aren't taking care of ourselves, but it's really an internal resistance issue. (laughs) And also there's no girl for showing up for yourself. It's another reason why it's hard. Like we're so used to that external validation that you actually have to provide that external validation for yourself, but it's hard. So this means that you're going to have to be self-sufficient at five in the morning when you plan to get up to go for your workout, or you're going to have to be self-sufficient when you're presented with the donut that you had decided in advance that you weren't going to eat, or you're going to have to be self-sufficient when you decide to luxuriate in whatever it is that you decide to luxuriate in. So for me in the evenings, it's chocolate. I love chocolate. So I can't look at what my husband's doing and I can't look at what he's going to eat. I have to, I have to decide for myself in advance, like what that looks like for me. And I have to be totally self-sufficient. And I also have to realize that I can give myself the pat on the back. There's nobody that's going to be showing up for you more than you. So you have to be willing to give yourself that pat on the back. And look, I struggle with this stuff too. I'm not saying that I don't. And what's really incredible about it is that I coach people on this stuff all the time. And yet I want to drink more smoothies in 2024. And so I went shopping for smoothies the other day and they had all this holiday candy out. And uh, after the holidays, so I'm recording this podcast episode in advance. So we're post holidays, but they had a lot of candy out. And like my brain, it was fascinating to watch what it did. It's like, well, you don't have to have your smoothies today. You can start that tomorrow or you can just ease in. You don't actually have to do like this whole full-fledged thing. Like you can just have the smoothie one time and then eat whatever you want. And like, oh my gosh, my brain was really offering up a lot of stuff. But here's the here's the good thing is that once you're onto yourself, it makes it a lot easier to spot what your brain is trying to do is trying to get that instant gratification instead of, Like being intentional with the choice ahead of time and sticking with whatever it is you decide ahead of time. Because in the moment, of course, you're going to want to eat the donut. In the moment, of course, you're going to want to hit the snooze button and not go work out. (laughs) It's just human nature. But the more we build that muscle and follow through on the plans and decisions that we've made in advance, the easier and easier it's going to get. So I still think that self-care is completely worth it. So nobody else will have your best interest at heart like you do. Nobody will have your best interest at heart like you do. So really taking the time to figure out what you want your life to look like and to curate that, to become the editor of your life. There's a fellow coach of mine who is big into fashion and she talks a lot about fashion and on her um, podcast and stuff like that. And she talks about the well-curated life and the well-edited life, like what are you holding on to out of fear versus what are you integrating out of a place of abundance? And how can you show up for yourself in a way that has your best interest at heart? And so, your relationship with yourself is the only relationship you'll have your entire life. I'm going to say that again your relationship with yourself is the only relationship you have your whole life. So, while taking care of yourself can suck sometimes, and while it can feel hard, actually investing the time and energy into making those choices that will serve you, into getting out of the rut. So, what do I mean by the rut? We have a programmed way that our brain likes to operate, and it's like two wheels on a dirt road especially if the dirt road has been mudded over and there have been these ingrained pathways. So I grew up on a dirt road and sometimes when it would get super muddy, like there would be these wheel tracks that would be left in the mud and there would be be ruts, right? Like you've got these deep ruts and our brains operate the same way to where we're headed down a path. And unless we're conscious about it, we're just on default. And your brain is just on default and your brain loves default because it's predictable. It knows what it's going to do next. It knows what's going to happen next. And so to disrupt that ecosystem in your brain can be really off-putting. To disrupt the rut and to try and create a new rut can be really off-putting to your brain and it can require a lot of time and attention. But here's a great little strategy, and I've shared it throughout this episode, If you make the choice in advance, if you make the conscious choice in advance and like your reason why, and then when the push comes to shove, if you just stick with the choice that you've already made, it can free up so much brain space. Now, it's not going to be like a tried and true, like you're the old, like patterned way of doing things that is so ingrained, but it's how we create new patterned ways of thinking, new patterned ways of being, right? And that's what I help my clients do every day. I walk them through what I call the river of misery, which is there are these old patterns at work and then I like we're working on these new patterns and I like to get my clients from one side of the river of misery to the other side. So the river of misery is actually the point in time where both patterns are going simultaneously and our brains are kind of having this freak out moment. <laughs> so i like to get my clients through that river to where the new patterns are ingrained, the old patterns are dying out because we're seeing the benefits of the new patterns and we are solid in ourselves and we are solid in, in our new plan of action. And what's great is that once you do that, once you go through the process of doing that, that muscle builds, and then you can do it again and again and again. You can apply the same principles, the same concepts, the same ideas and strategies to anything you want to accomplish in life, which is just so much fun. So anyway, I hope you found this episode helpful. I know that that really true self-care can suck a lot of the time, But it is so worth it, guys. It is so, so worth it. That is what I have for you guys today. Be intentional. Be whole. That is all for now. I help assistants apply the concepts I share on this podcast. If you're ready to take your growth deeper and you're curious whether working with me in a coaching capacity is right for you, please email me at Annie, A-N-N-I-E, at wholeassistant.com to schedule your complimentary discovery call.